Hey guys, my name is Charles Streeter. I'm a personal trainer and elite OCR runner. And today I'm discussing keeping workouts fun. Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry with your host, Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, your schedule is really as crazy as mine, minus the child situation. <laughs> Time must, for that. must be tough being like one of the most, well, in my opinion, the most popular trainer at one of the most popular gyms um, in South West London. Oh, um, <laughs> thank you. That's really kind of you. It's, it's a busy old schedule, that's for sure. Um, if any of you are following me over on Instagram, which I really hope you are, if you're not, please do, um, link in the show notes, um, then you'll probably seen Charles pop up a couple of times. If not, he's definitely tagged. Um, and there's a boxing one that went up today. Uh, so a couple of weeks before this episode comes out, there was a boxing one. And that is Charles in that little video on my Instagram. Um, so you can go and stalk him <laughs> from there. But I'll stick all your social in the show notes as well. Um, so what made you want to become a personal trainer? Um, I think it was, uh, to begin with, it was the kind of a language that I've always known from a young age. My uh, dad was a hobbyist bodybuilder. So I was always coming home to him training and him working out. And my parents were super nice in terms of always keeping us active. So we were always kind of running, horse riding, training, clubs, sports, football. So sports was always something that I felt completely comfortable with when I was younger. And the language of, of what sport is and how it's translated into being taught is just something that just came naturally uh, for me as a kid. I loved writing workouts on holidays for my parents just for fun. And uh, we always kind of trained as a family. So yeah, just from a young age, it was something I, I was quite comfortable and familiar with. It's really nice that you found your passion so early on. I mean, I've, I've spoken about it before. Like, I didn't get into fitness until I was in, well into my 20s. And it was the first time I'd really ever tasted actually having a passion for something. And, and then pageantry uh, came from that as well. And those have then been my two passions. But to have all that time when you were younger that really connected with it, that's, that explains cause so much. Because you have such a broad spectrum knowledge when it comes to training. And you come out with things and I'm like, that is not taught in any standard personal training courses I know of. You're like above and beyond <laughs> the next thing. Um, what type of oh, clients do you usually work with? Because obviously you've got me, so psychopaths. You work with some psychopaths. <laughs> um, but beyond Very the psychos. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well uh, wider range now um, it kind of started naturally um, kind of scaling up really when I was a lot younger in my teens it was actually me being kind of 18 to 20 it was training kind of the the younger generation actually and and training teens um, training people my age friends uh, family friends that kind of thing Um, and then when I started getting 
more into the profession and then having a home base in the gym. Um, it was more kind of the parent, um, the mother, the father, uh, the husband, the wife, that kind of thing. Um, but now working at the Lensbury, it's bled itself into a more special population. We've got obviously senior clients here as well, more kind of rehab physio opportunities in terms of training program as well. So now I find that I've got a really broad spectrum because of my, um, um, experience but um but yeah mainly i would say it's i'm i'm training the the mother or the uh, or the daughter at the moment <laughs> and i suppose i i mean i did the same thing i looked at the kind of clients that you were training and i looked at your physique you've got the male equivalent of the physique that i want you're you're fast you're energetic you've got great muscle definition and strength there and i basically want the female equivalent um and <laughs> i've talked about on episodes before about finding the right personal trainer for you and how it's you either need to look at their physique or the physique of their clients and things as well so i suppose the more yeah of one type of client you get the more follow <laughs> <laughs> agreed <laughs> that's it you go through fashion trends that's that is that is very true and you're right people in and around the gym that see you training a particular client if they feel like they are that client that you are training um they they have more well for some people it's about a confidence approaching a pt so if they see a pt training that kind of client they feel like they can relate to it immediately gives them that permission that confidence to approach you and say oh i see you're training such and such i'm quite familiar therefore can you take me on so yeah i think you're completely right it kind of blends into into trends with who you're training at the time sometimes and i'm gonna throw in an extra question that i didn't prepare you for at all you that's all right you go for it (laughs) you've got some connections to the pageant industry before I appeared and was like, I'm training for a pageant, help me. Um, there's, yeah. there's, there's, a past, there's a past connection there. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> well, um, yeah. So I, um, I, I, I used to dabble in kind of acting and producing. Um, and uh, one of our uh, production assistants actually was um, a head judge at um, uh, Miss India UK. Um, and I actually uh, had the honour of, of judging their main round in London. Um, and so Sage Shetty, who um, is a, just a fantastic all-round guy, but has many talents in producing, acting, and uh, coaching for pageantry in, um, for, in Miss India UK, I, I got to uh, yeah have the honour of uh, spending a lovely night judging those very lovely, talented, strong women. Oh, that's amazing. It's it's. It's such a wide industry pageantry that I'm still surprised when people haven't heard of it or like, that's still a thing. But I was even more surprised when you were like, yeah, I know pageantry. When I brought it up, I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, this conversation suddenly got easier to like explain. I don't have to explain what pageants are or anything. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, complete, you, completely, completely. I mean, and. Obviously, as a trainer myself, um, our, the start of our sort of training relationship was much sort of fast-paced, fast-tracked, um, because the yeah, foundation yeah. was already there, and I knew what I wanted from my sessions and everything. Um, but how do you usually start training with a new client? Um, I think when you start training with a new client, um, you've got to find out as much as you can about them. Um and uh, what kind of boosts them, what makes them feel confident. I think when you're first starting out, it's quite hard because you're getting to learn each other's body language. From a kind of technical point of view, you don't want to scale them up too quickly because you want them to feel confident in an environment that may be completely alien to them. So it's funny about what makes them tick, what makes them laugh, what makes them feel confident and calm so that whilst you're initiating the session, you can 
try and make the exercise as seamless as possible and make them feel like they're accomplishing something, even if that's something, you know, like a, a step up onto a higher block where they don't like heights as much or if someone's doing their first plyometric jump and they haven't left the floor with two feet at the same time for, you know, a year or the last time they tripped up over a curb in London. And it, it's, I think it's, depending on their training expertise and training level, it's just finding what makes them comfortable and what, what makes them feel at ease so you can get down to some real work. And then once you've built up that foundation and you've built up those relationships, um, the honeymoon period in everything in life always seems to come to its very sad end. Um, and suddenly it seems like a lot harder work and you start finding people sort of cancelling bookings and they're like, oh, maybe I'll drop it down <laughs> once a week and stuff like that. So how do you keep it fun and engaging? Because I think that's one of the, the big ones that the run up to pageantry, like sometimes people are literally joining two months before and they've got to go hard out and now you don't, you yeah. don't taper off, but like I've been, yeah, I've been training for a long time into this and I'm now bringing it up even more in the final run up. But if people are on those sort of longer journeys, how do you keep the workouts fun and engaging? Um, me personally, I think every trainer's got different ways of doing it. I do it by keeping the client guessing. Um, and it is quite as simple as that, really. Just keep the client guessing, throw them something completely new that they've never done with you before, they would never usually do, chuck them into a set that you know is way past their comfort zone. And then it just reminds them again, oh, I can achieve that differently. Or, oh, actually, this is something I need to work on. You know, if you're training strength and conditioning with a client and then you chuck them into a big cardio couplet set, you're not only sparking that part of the client's brain going, oh yeah, cardio is a thing. And actually, yeah, we do work on it, but it's not something that's my strength. And I think, you know, the thing with fitness is, you know, you don't want to be a, a jack of all trades, master of none, but, to, you know, ultimate fitness and, you know, to, to have a, a certain level of fitness that's beyond the average human being, you know, the everyday mum, the everyday dad, the everyday goer can be extremely fit. And, mixing it up keeping you guessing keeping your body guessing it's usually how your body's going to change and get fitter um so i think yeah it's throwing in those little surprise sessions even if it's you know when the sun's out just randomly taking a client outside training with a client outside and just introducing them to an outside boot camp if it's something they've never done before and it immediately just sparks a little bit more interest and, and keeps them interested in the, in the language of of staying in a training program i think it can be like the tiniest changes. I mean, for me, sometimes literally it can be a case of getting some new gym kit. That can yeah, be exactly. I mean, because it's I like come in and show it off. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, exactly. And like a, a session that I did with you that rings a bell for me is when we did that huge. Um, deadlift ski erg set um about a month ago and it, it it was it was more of kind of a functional set but a very hard set cardio and strength wise and it was almost like a opposed to a, a session it was more of a mission yes. and, uh, and and you know it's those sessions that live with you as a trainer and hopefully as well as a client but it's it's making you go okay this is gonna be not so nice for the next half an hour but actually we're gonna battle it together and you're gonna leave feeling powerful and yeah was that the one where I was on the floor crying on a mat or where I was on the floor crying on a step? Like, <laughs> on the floor I crying was... on the mat after an extremely long time lapse. <laughs> it's all the fun. I think when I'm still trying to catch my breath 15 minutes later, I'm like, yes, that was awesome. 
Yeah, that's it. You got it. <laughs> like I said, I am a psycho. Um, so what are some of the big errors and dangers that you see on the gym floor that we should be avoiding? Uh, main, yeah, uh, main one is people jumping straight in without conditioning. Um, you know, especially the younger generation, they'll read the Men's Health magazine, they'll, they'll look at a YouTube video of someone on the rack, someone deadlifting, someone doing some heavy S&C, lifting heavy weights and before they even know what sitting back is or what a flat back is or what the form should be, they'll go straight to the rack, they'll rack up with that weight and now start throwing it around or attempting throwing it around. I think that's probably the biggest one I've noticed in, in the last couple of years. Um, but then again, the smaller version of that would be, you know, someone who's never done a run before that figures they want to get back into running and now whack that treadmill straight up to 15 kilometers per hour having not even thrown a jog through the body before doing it. So I think the, the main danger, just as a general consensus, people going in and scaling straight up to something that they either used to do or they've seen and haven't done and expect that their bodies can do it and then not realizing how much work, you know, the everyday gym goer has to put in to even reach their top 10, I suppose. Yeah, and what's the one thing you wish everybody knew about the health and fitness industry as a whole? <laughs> I love this question. Um, two things. Um, number one, one 20 minute workout a week isn't going to change anything. Um, and number two, cheat days are overrated. <laughs> oh, see, I love a cheat day. But so, <laughs> I, I, say so that, the... I say that, but I still, I, cheat day would not be going to anything like five guys or having like a massive pizza or anything. That still for me wouldn't be a cheat day. That's just not a thing I do. Cheat day this week yeah. um, involved me test running some cauliflower and turmeric baked bites, which is literally like <laughs> bits of cauliflower rolled in turmeric and then baked in the oven. And they were awesome. Um, and the reason why it was a cheat was because I used a little bit of gluten-free flour to make the paste. So it had to be go on. <laughs> that is not a cheat day jam. <laughs> and then we had, um, oh no, I had some mayonnaise with my dinner, um, which was, which was only going more plant-based. I had a bit of mayonnaise. You're, listing, mayo. off, you're <laughs> listing off small, small little minute one of one millionth cheat days. I love it. But when um, I get excited no, I think about just, cheat day, I'm like, yeah, I had flour and mayonnaise. I do have pudding on cheat day. I had a gluten-free, dairy-free, blueberry muffin with custard. Um, so Nice then, work. But then I'd just <laughs> eaten a vegan burrito bowl. Like very I love nice. it. I love, but and, and I think I think where I say cheat days are overrated, they are definitely a thing, and they should be a thing. But I think it's adding the cheat day or the nutrition to your program. You know, if someone's coming in for a fat loss program and they've never trained before in their life, and they're starting to do a very healthy two to three sessions a week of of, of uh, a high cardio, um, high strength, uh, fat burn program, and then they're immediately giving themselves a cheat day you know, it could possibly be the wrong thing to do. However, if you're a triathlete and you're training six days a week and you're having a, you know, 8,000 calorie overload on a Sunday of some really poor food, then go ahead, <laughs> go at them. Um, but I think regulating cheat day, I think everyone has this thing in their mind that, oh, I've started training, I get a cheat day. Um, you don't, you've got to work for that cheat day. And to begin with, usually the work's not there and you're not working hard enough to earn it. Um, yeah. You've had a cheat life. You need to my yeah, my cheat days definitely when I first 
moved into fitness were very specifically a meal one a one course meal plus pudding um like, yeah exactly and, and that's although it sounds harsh it's right what you said you had a cheap life you know if you're coming from not training or really expecting it's just when you expect results if you come in and you're just doing it to feel a little bit fitter and you're doing it because you want to play with your kids in the playground and feel a little bit healthier for it that kind of thing you know go ahead you don't it doesn't have to be a lot I've changed, but if you're expecting your body and your life to change, you 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 have to get down and knuckle down, and that's not you know ticking off one pizza hut a week because you've done a couple of sessions in the gym. Mm. There's there's not many things in life that annoy me: dangerous driving, uh, bad parking, <laughs> um, and people that say you're so lucky to have X body type, whatever it is, and I'm like, yeah. Mm. I work really hard and then I'll list off yeah, what I do no, as a true. workout and they're like, oh, I couldn't do that. And I was like, well, then it's not luck. I've worked for this, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, 100% and you're completely, and it's funny, I've had this recently with, and it's, and you know, you you being one of my clients while saying that, I, I get it a lot, you know, and people say, you know, people come up and ask me or they ask my clients, you know, how, how long do you train for to get that body? Oh my God, how do you look the way you do and then the answer, which is I train five days a week, it astounds that person. And of course, they then go, oh, of course, that's why you look what you do. But it's almost like they're expecting them to say, oh, I do two sessions a week. And you just go, no, like to, to be at your kind of prime physique, to be at, at an above fitness level, you need to be training and training hard at least three times a week. I, I did an episode uh, pre-Christmas where I said, should all pageant girls work out? Um, because I was mm-hmm. finding it quite frustrating in other interviews when girls were being asked and ladies older as well as the younger were being asked what do they do to stay in shape and they're like oh well I don't really gain weight so I wasn't really doing anything and I was just like working out isn't just about that you like a yeah. weekend whether whether your your competition is a day or a few days and some of them are like four weeks the international finals it's having that mm-hmm. stamina to have the energy, even if you're not going to be working yeah. out as part of the pageant, to get through um, those weeks and have the energy and stamina to get through them. It's not just about... A hundred percent, yeah. And also it bleeding into your mindset, to use you as an example, uh, Jessica, you know, you coming in early some mornings and putting your shoes on and going for a walk in front of the mirror for half an hour. That's you bleeding training into your sport, you know, pageantry, if it was your sport in terms of that kind of generalization of saying that's your sport, that's what you're training for. Um, you coming in and putting your heels on and getting some walk work in, you know, you, that's training, you're training, that's gym time. Um, you've got to do those things. You've got to knuckle down if you're being serious. So it certainly puts my calves through a workout, those heels. Just, <laughs> and there's that, and there's that. It's like they, they, my, my calves are the one bit the muscle definition shows through on first, but I need them to be strong because otherwise I've, I've, there's a whole lot of me. <laughs> within, within two weeks of training, I was like, calves tick. <laughs> yeah, calves done. But yeah, I need the internal strength with my calves because I'm nearly six foot. There's a lot of me to hold up. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> so um, I know we're a bit tight for time today. So what are some of the basic ways that someone could spice up their workout? If they can't work with a PT, they don't necessarily know the real complex levels and, and some of the more advanced techniques and things. Um, but if they're looking to mm-hmm. just, they're starting to slump, but some of the little sort of ways they could spice up what they're doing at the moment. Just, just do something you wouldn't usually do and try and surprise yourself. Whether you sign up to a, 
you know, a, a climbing wall, you know, do some bouldering, um, go to an outdoor boot camp, try a new class, go dancing to find a dance class. You just do something you wouldn't usually do. You know, if people think fitness is this gym based, home based, you buy a Peloton bike, buy a treadmill, put it in your living room, living room, buy a gym membership. That's, that's not fitness. That's, that's an element of fitness, an element of training. You going out and dancing with friends at a salsa club, it's fitness. Um, just don't have the half a bottle of wine social <laughs> afterwards. But, you know, just do something you wouldn't usually do. Bouldering is a good example. Um, it can feel safe. You can scale it down um, to literally just you being a couple of inches off the floor and using body weight for the first time. Mountain biking. You know, if you're, if you're a mother, if you've got a mother, father, you've got kids, take your kids mountain biking, go out with them on the bike. Just do something you wouldn't usually do. If you can whack some fresh air in there as well, that's just going to make you feel good. And that's going to just, you know, boost all your, your natural hormones and keep you feeling happy and, and lucky to be alive. And just remind yourself that, keeping yourself ticking over and keeping yourself in a fitness regime, whatever it is, is, is tough, but you, you're giving back, you're giving back to yourself and you're giving back to people around you that you know and love just by doing it and, and trying to strive to be healthier and staying on this planet longer and being the best version of yourself. So yeah, just go out and, and figure out some, find a new passion for something, um, figure out what makes you tick and, and give it a go. And end, our bodies were designed to move and, there's so much talk about mental health and I'm so glad that they are connecting that back to physical health and they do go hand in hand it's very hard to have good physical health without good mental health and vice versa 100%. Um, uh, yeah 100% we're putting 100% our, our and it's you know and, too much and, 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 and I need to look after it yeah 100% and you know I think it's um you know I think people get put off of doing these things because they go, oh, I'm going to be the unfit person there or I'm going to be the person that's out of place there. Oh, I don't want to join a dance class because I'm going to be the person at the back or I don't want to do the park run because I'm going to come last. Well, actually, no, be the person at the back of the class. Do the park run and be the person that's last, but do it and do it with with the intention that actually in a month's time, I want to do the park run and I'm going to jumped in places or I'm going to be at the back and be a bit shy for the first class but because I've jumped in and I've had the confidence to do it now I'm actually in the middle of the cast and actually I've made a couple of friends along the way and actually there's the person in there that I really relate to and now we're training together on a different day and just be brave enough to take that first step and quite right Jess you know the body's designed to move you, you know we're designed to to train so just take just take that first step and, and stick with it and, and the sticking with it like we've gone through in this podcast how to spice it up how to keep the momentum of training going just just take on advice don't be afraid to talk to people there's no stupid question in the gym we've all been there at the stage of knowing nothing and you know I myself learn something every single week in this industry um, just keep learning keep an open mind and, and trust your instincts and trust the people around you I think there's you kind of, I guess it's with anything, if you are if you don't feel like you're in the inner circle, trying to talk to those that are in the inner circle, so trainers or those in the gym that clearly show that they know what they're doing, it can seem intimidating yeah, yeah. and speak to them. And I said this with within pageantry as well, it's asking those there. So it's asking in pageantry, be asking your director or asking reigning queens or former queens for advice and guidance. 
they are they are in that place because they are passionate and love doing it so of course they are going to want to share their advice and skills and passion with you and it's exactly the same with the fitness industry um as long as i love being our stuff (laughs) a hundred percent and also you know they may seem like, you know, oh, there's the person in the gym that knows it or, oh my God, this person's my idol. Oh, they're so fit. How could they possibly be that fit and healthy? But nine times out of 10, the formula is very simple. I mean, one of my idols in my sport, I, because I wanted to start whacking in some altitude training and whacking a lot more strength into the legs, I, I was like, I, I went up to him and asked him for a little golden nugget on how do I get more strength in the legs for hill climbs and altitude. And simply just turned around to me and said, is this for training outdoors or for training indoors? I went, well, for indoors, for example, he was like, go on the stair climb for two hours. And I was like, oh, I was expecting fun. this magic. I was expecting this magic dust or this magic answer or this huge, elaborate, complex scientific answer. And actually from one of the biggest champs, it was just like, yeah, go on the stairmill for two hours, like go figure. And all of a sudden it not only humanizes them, but you go, Oh yeah, actually there's not some magic answer. Just people do hard work and people do sometimes even boring stuff to get to the level where they're at. But it all of a sudden it makes you realize actually, do you know what? There is no stupid question. And, and sometimes there is a very simple answer at the back of that bigger question. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can we find you on social media? I know you're not a big Facebook fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, not, not the biggest on social media, but I do, I do run an Instagram page that I do pay attention to, and it's uh, C Street of Fitness, and I do try and upload and, and inspire on there a little bit where I can. Perfect. So I'll make sure I share that in the show notes of this episode so you can go and stalk Charles, um, his yeah, his posts, I think, are awesome. Particularly the ones where um, you share me. Um, <laughs> those are particularly awesome. Um, well, that's because you inspire me as well. And I think that's important to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank you so much for giving up some time for this episode. Um, so guys, make sure, yeah, check in the show notes for the links. And also, as I keep bleating on about, sorry, but I'm going to say it again. If you can rock over onto iTunes and give a five-star rating and review, it would mean so, so much. Um, it's quite slow at showing reviews on there. So the sooner you do it, the sooner it's going to show up. Um, and that helps me spread the word of the podcast and spread the word of pageantry, which as you're listening to this podcast, I hope it's an industry that you love as much as I do. Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.